0: We're not half listening, yeah, yeah. We, We're full fully listening. engaged, That's
3: right. fully it's called active listening, yeah. and we've been doing it for <laughs> years. Um, so this is gonna be really, uh, really fun. We're sitting down with Crystal. Uh, first of all, hello, Crystal. Thank you for joining oh, us. Today. For me. Um, and uh, I, I guess just to like kind of set this up, um, I received an email from Crystal, um, uh, not long ago, and um, it was an email that um, basically kind of laid out how Crystal and and a group of uh, other women in Nova Scotia are doing some some work to um, to advocate and spread awareness for, now here we go, I'm going to try this and let's hope I get it right, lipedema uh,
2: Some in Br- Britain they say lipidemia, uh, but here Lip- in uh, North... Lipedemia. Yeah, that's so sophisticated. Here we just, we say <laughs> lipidema.
3: Lipedema. okay, lipedema. Ah, it's like and, aluminum and an aluminium. aluminium. Yeah, right. Um, and uh, the interesting thing was when when you sent that email, Crystal, I, it was the first time I've ever heard of edema, Um and and I don't know much about it. And so you know that email that you sent about trying to spread awareness, I was like, well, <laughs> you've aware you've, oh, me, me up. You're off <laughs> to you're off to a good start because I'm now a little bit more aware. Um, so so firstly, I want to say thank you, thank you for for taking time on your schedule to sit down with us, um, but also thank you. For for doing the work that you do to try to spread awareness because that's something that we've uh, really value in in doing the show and so without further ado I'll, I'll give the the mic to you and and uh, ask that you just introduce yourself to our listeners give us a little bit of insight into who you are and uh, and we'll get rocking on what the fuck is lipedema
2: <laughs> well I, my name is Crystal Ellingson and I grew up in a small fishing town of Canso, Nova Scotia and. I left Canso, you know, got a couple of degrees under my belt and decided, you know, I really wanted to teach. I went to South Korea to see what that was like. I did my teaching degree in Mm -hmm. Australia. I've had some really amazing experiences. Um, But lipedema has been with me the whole time, hiding in plain sight. Uh, So I often got referred to as having, you know, really big legs. Uh, my friend said, it, there's no such thing as not having tight pants when you're wearing pants. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, the, the lipidema. And I guess I'll just dive right into what lipidema is because not yeah, please. lots of medical professionals I've seen over the years. And I've only known about this for about two and a half years have said, Oh, lymphedema. And I'm like, no lymphedema. People just, they don't know a whole lot more about it. Unfortunately, that that's, I think something that, uh, that will probably come in a following podcast, but lymphedema, most people have never heard of. And when I go to medical professionals, they often misquote me or they decide to look it up and see that it actually is a thing. So it's a buildup of adipose tissue, which is fat tissue on specific parts of your body that is disproportionate to your Mm. torso. So it's painful to the touch for a lot of us. And for me, that was a big sign that something else is wrong with me. My husband should be able Mm. to hug me. My kids should be able to sit on my lap without pain. And that Mm. wasn't the case for me after my third delivery. Mm. Uh, Symmetrical uh, fat. So lymphedema often presents in one limb um maybe uh there was a cancer removal of breast tissue or a uterus removal then sometimes one leg is affected or two legs are affected but with people with lipidema it often comes at times or actually it always comes at times of large hormonal fluctuation so puberty pregnancy menopause and times of blood large stressful events which really throw your hormones or times when this particular type of fat can really build up and Mm. and be problematic because it's not normal fat. Uh, Mm. There's pictures online if you look up lipedema fat versus normal fat, and the images are really, they're really strange. You don't expect to see fat look like that, but when you see it in an image, Mm. you understand why these people have very dimply, it looks like cellulite, but like cellulite to the extreme. yeah. Very dimply.
3: Oh yeah, totally. I'm 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 looking at it now. It is it is very um it's like textured Yeah, it's almost, almost like an orange like,
2: peeling, but like deeper and more pitted. Uh so ever right. since I was young, I had those not the early stages legs, but okay uh, Sorry, I jump around a lot, so I'm going to go back to my my. Uh, <laughs> what is lipodema? Um, so
3: <laughs> <laughs> your, your cue cards there. You know me. I do. mean, are the you first, a teacher? <laughs> I, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to say it like you 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 see you seem very prepared, but be, before you go back into it, I just like just a, a little bit of a just to like clarify here. So so we've got lipodema, which is what we're what you. Are living with and what we're talking yeah. about today. But you've also mentioned lymphedema, which, which what I gathered there was that lymphedema is similar, but it, it's typically affecting, um, did you say like one part of the body or one yeah, limb? Yeah,
2: for lymphedema. But for lymphedema, it's very is, symmetrical. So my right and my left okay. leg look the same, my right and my arm leg look the same. Um, so.
3: Right. Okay. And is it, is it always, is it always, um, is it always kind of, typically found in the limbs of the body or, or is this something that, okay. That's how it
2: starts. Now, if it continues to grow and continues to move, um, you can experience lymphedema, which is your lymphatic system, not moving, uh, your, your lymphatic fluid around your body properly. So you can get, uh, some Mm. buildup of, of swelling. Uh, you're often people like us have venous insufficiency. So by the time we see a doctor, it's often we're at such an advanced stage that operating on your your veins that have a tremendous amount of stress on them, uh, they're not moving blood like they should, we're often dismissed because we're so heavy by that time that doctors don't want to mm. operate on us or they don't want to do the things mm. that would help us uh, move better, have less pain, um, strictly because of our BMI. Uh, we have hypermobility in 50% of women with lipedema, so they can easily bend over, touch the floor with full palms. That's kind of a, a telltale sign that you probably have lipedema It's not just regular fat. Uh, chronic pain Whoa. and fatigue. So, of course, hauling around all this extra weight is not easy. But being in pain constantly and managing your pain takes a lot of effort.
0: Um, and what, does that, what does that pain, um, feel like? Cause you mentioned pain a, a few times now and, and, um, the, the specific examples that, that really stuck out to me, were, were talking about, um, your partner or your kids going to give you hugs. What, like, what does that pain feel like? It
2: kind of feels like, and I, I know lots of medical professionals that I've seen were like, pain shouldn't grow after the, the thing that's giving you pain stops. But that's not the case for people with swelling disorders or lipedema fat. What happens is, is when there's so much inflammation in our bodies um, from the diseased fat, from the, the swelling around the fat, from the inflammation, and it causes fibrosis. Fibrosis is painful. Hmm. The swelling is painful. It's not a, a, a ton of swelling. But for me, some people don't have the pain with it. Many do. So it started across my sacrum after I had my first child. Like my husband would just slide his hand gently across the, you know, the top of my arse. <laughs> oh, sorry. Mm. And <laughs> he <laughs> he. And well, for, would, for
3: people that are wondering what happened there, a cat just walked into the, into the frame right as you were talking so about getting cute. Is, your nurse touch. Yes. Uh, a little pussy crossed the screen. Oh, that was very.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, wow. <laughs> Lovely. A in, yes. So I'd be
2: at like at the kitchen table or at the kitchen sink, you know, doing dishes and stuff. And I'm always in pain. So my husband would just come and he'd rub his hand across my face. because that's where he's experienced most pain. But if he goes just a yeah. little bit too tough and it's very gentle, I would just kind of wince and kind of shake and move away from his hand because that pain just, it's like you're, you're bruised. You know how you touch a bruise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that all the time, pretty much everywhere. That there's lipidema. So after my fifth, I actually had five um, pregnancies, um, four full-term births and one miscarriage. Um, One of my children Uh, passed Uh, after my first pregnancy is when I noticed the pain start to really increase, especially around my sacrum Mm. and pressure on my legs. Then I had a miscarriage. Then I had a full-term birth with a little boy who had the cord reference and he passed. And that was a really stressful event, obviously. Um, Not only Mm -hmm. was I pregnant, but then I had to deal with the death of my child and bury my child. Then I had another child the next year so
3: two pregnancies back to
2: back. Wow. That's really hard on your body. And I didn't know that I was yeah. gaining lipidema fat the whole time. And things are getting more painful and, and, and more painful.
3: And before all of this, before all this, um, you know, trauma that you, that you experienced, um, like, was there, because I, one of the things that it, before we, we, we had this conversation and actually when you sent the email, um, I kind of did a quick like search of, of lipidema. And one of the things that I saw, um, it was this very interesting little um, sort of illustration of like the different stages of, of lipedema, right? So like stage one through stage four and stage four is very di- like, uh, like visually obviously different from stage one. Um, and, and one of the things you said earlier on was that, you know, this is something that you've kind of been managing uh, and dealing with, but it's been hiding in plain sight. And so, so I guess my, my question is like, before all this trauma that you went through, were you in a, were you at a place where you were like around stage one and, and like, you just, you, you literally just had no clue that lipodema was a thing, but then after the trauma,
2: I yeah, so it was so. after the
3: trauma that you started to kind of progress in, in the well,
2: I the uh, Even the then, my lipidema was definitely progressing, but I didn't know that it was lipidema. I just thought it was right. a, another failed person trying to lose weight, you know? Uh, right, right. So in puberty, um, like in those teenage years, like those junior high years, I had lost a whole bunch of weight. And I exercised every day. I played sports. I had a restricted diet. I went to a group called TOPS because that's what you did in the nineties. Uh, and with my mother, cause my mother always struggled with weight. She has lipedema as well. She knows she had lipedema like most women, uh, have no idea. And she just assumed she was, you know, couldn't manage her, her weight her whole life. Now she, mm. she saw the pain and trauma I was experienced as a young fat chick, <laughs> you know, in school. And she's like, we can do this together, and I, I jumped on the bandwagon and I did wonderfully, but I was like a size small on top in a size medium large on the bottom, and I could never mm-hmm. move that weight. And I trained like, do you remember legs of steel, abs of steel? East before your time, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: yeah. abs of steel yeah. is ringing. As, yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. did
2: those videos <laughs> religiously to try to minimize mm. the size of my legs, and was never really successful. Mm. So when I went to see the doctor and. You know, he would examine and weigh you, of course, and he'd be like, "You're still 40 pounds overweight." You know, but I was the skinniest I'd ever been, and I worked out. And I was—you're like, it's all below. It really my hips.
1: Yeah, what's happening?
3: Uh, like, honestly, folks, like if you're if you're listening to this at home and you're and you're and you're not driving, um, uh, pick up like pick up your phone or like or pick up your laptop and 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 just do a quick Google search because it really like it it really is fascinating to see like right now I'm looking at a, 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 a picture. It's a, it's a figure of it's three people and, and stage one, two, and three. And when you see the stage one, like it is, it's very interesting to see, to see someone with like such a slight figure on the top, but then the, the lower half of the body, That's like the, the, it, 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 the, the very, like very thick thighs, very thick calves. Like it, it, it looks disproportionate to the rest of the body. and, and Is that
2: your
3: first warning? Signs? I, right? Yeah, totally. And 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 I feel like I. I mean, if if that if I was looking at this photo and it was me, I would be thinking the same thing that you were thinking. Where it was like, why the fuck can't I shed this like shed this weight on the lower half? It's so it's so bizarre to and me. I, I was um,
2: so incredibly hard to maintain a hundred and sixty yeah. pound frame. And I mean harder than most young people do. Like I would go to places with my yeah. friends and they'd be eating a burger and fries and I'd be eating a bran muffin with some milk. Mm-hmm. Because in order to maintain mm-hmm. that, I had to have a, rare, a very restricted diet. Now, right. I didn't know I had lymphedema Did- I didn't understand that. and I didn't have pain. So I bruised very easily. Mm-hmm. But other than my shape difference, there wasn't really any indication that I was, there was something wrong with me. But then right. when, of course, managing weight as a as a heavy person who that runs in your family, that was always difficult. But when I started having children, that's when the pain came and the size grew and the, I'm going to refer here, and, oh, it's one in 10. The statistics are globally are one in 10 women have this. Oh, wow. I wanted to ask you,
1: Crystal, because of the because. Uh, on that on that note of one in ten, because because I did the same as Jeremy. I looked I looked up lipedema before we got into this today, and as soon as I, as soon as I read the like the write up on it and saw some images, I went. I've seen yeah so many people that live with this, and and on the awareness front, I was I had never known that that this was a condition, and and. And my default assumption would be, oh, well, they're overweight. Uh, and, but there was always, I can't, I mean, I, in my lifetime, I can't, I can't even, I can't even, ca- I wouldn't be able to count the amount of times that I've, that I've wondered to myself, that person is so, is, 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 is so slender
3: from these certain parts of the body, from the waist yeah. up
1: and, 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 and has really big legs. And that, just as a, just as like a, like almost like a glitch in the matrix where I, where my, my mind goes like, that doesn't seem to compute to me. yeah like how That, that seems strange. Possible? Yeah. Like how does it, how does it only, how does it only happen there when, and when you're, and when your default assumption is that it's, you know, whether it's because of like a lack of exercise or a food thing or whatever, like whatever contributions there there could be to, to weight gain, it always just seemed like that made no sense to me. And, and I saw those and literally a, a, a light bulb clicked off and I went, Oh, that's a condition uh,
2: that, when you know, and, and you then, know,
1: and when I'm hearing you, <laughs> yeah, it's great. And it's crazy. And then when I'm hearing you talk about, I mean, how, he, how hearing, hearing like
3: doctors say, like hearing you say that doctors, you know, oftentimes you've run, you've run into medical professionals and they just have no fucking clue. Um, like I, I'm, I'm not really like, I'm not that shocked by it because you know, the, the symmetry thing I, th- I, I think is, is one of the things that kind of, Th- throws people off. Like it, if someone had one one like lymphedema, yeah. one leg that was like disproportionately much larger and swollen compared to the other mm-hmm. leg, that would be like an it, obvious red flag, like something is going on in the body here. It, but the symmetry part is like that it's it's this tricky like hidden thing where where it, it's not so, it's not so obvious.
0: Uh, I'm curious though, Crystal, like in your advocacy, I'm, I'm sure. And we've heard this before in conversations that we've had that, um, people in, in larger bodies g- generally face a lot of stigma when they yeah. go to the, the doctor in terms of getting any diagnosis. Um, it's, it's, you, you oftentimes hear that, um, medical practitioners can be quick to assume that the, uh, people who are, "Quote unquote overweight." That is the factor that is creating whatever sort of symptoms they're experiencing. Um, is that you know one of the biggest barriers in somebody getting diagnosed with a problem or with a condition like lipedema? I think that's that the that's they face that huge. Stigma?
2: I think that's huge. But even before that, if if there's no awareness and nobody talking about lipedema then you don't even know how to go to your doctor about that. Like doctors don't Mm -hmm. have any training, which is a huge problem. Uh, Those who have heard of it tend to be in endocrinology, um, some Mm. in plastics, but it's very rare. Uh, So your doctor doesn't really know who to send you to. Some doctors are very fat biased. And Mm. I'm just so lucky that when I went to my doctor who's known me through all the births of all my children who has been with me for over 20 years. Uh, she, she said when I brought it to her, uh, in January of 2020, after watching a documentary called the Lipidema project and it's called Lipidema project, the disease they call fat and the lady on the ad, and it was just an outline drawing. And I was like, she looks like me. She looks mm. like, me And I don't watch anything that pretty much comes up on Facebook because I'm not a fake person. But when I saw that woman image that Good looked job. like me, I was like, I, what the heck? I've never heard of this. And when I watched it, mm. and it's available online, of course, for free to watch it on YouTube, it answered all of my questions. And when I saw the pain, i mm. feeling emotional. When I saw the pain,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and it reflected my pain. I had to immediately act. I needed yes. to find out what, okay, I know, I know now basically what lipedema is. I need my doctor to know what lipedema is. I know how, I need to know how we treat this. Cause now that I know there's something wrong, we can treat it and everything will be fine. Mm. That's not the case, <laughs> but it was very what, exciting. What
0: was, what was it about? What was it about the like pain that you said that you like immediately connected with that, that pain that you saw in the documentary? What what was that pain specifically? The pain
2: of always feeling like a failure. No matter how hard you try, Mm. all your success is limited by your lymphedema, and you had no idea. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Was it bittersweet in that way? That
2: absolutely,
1: you know, the 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 the, the clicking, the clicking, and going at the same time as going. You know, years of uh, the the pain, but the years of. The years of question marks and wondering, like, well, why when I was totally kicking ass physically, and I wasn't seeing, I wasn't seeing that reflected in in my body, even though I was. You I know, had
2: a six pack ass. Working abs.
1: so hard to do that. <laughs> I had a
2: six pack ass when I was sixteen. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess what I would say about that is is when. When I had those questions answered, all the questions that my doctors couldn't answer about my pain, I had x-ray after x-ray, I had blood work done. And they're like, well, you can't see anything that would be causing this pain, but clearly there's something wrong. And eventually my doctors Mm. like opioids would be our next next thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And after like 2010, after I had my third child and I had another one in 2014, my health just went downhill. I was feeling depressed. I I had trouble walking a lot because my it turns out uh, psoriasis is a co- is a comorbidity of um, lipedema, as are a lot of other autoimmune conditions, and uh, you can look those up online as well. Uh, and I've always had psoriasis in my hair and at my fingernail beds, and lots of doctors thought it was uh, fungus or or something, but when they tested it, it wasn't. But I never had an answer to that until a few years ago to find out it was psoriasis in my nail beds. Um, So Mm -hmm. as a result, for years, I've been suffering from psoriatic arthritis, which exacerbates things like uh, your body attacking its joints. So my Achilles tendons, I'm prone to plantar fasciitis. I can't sit for long periods, nor can I stand. Um, I kept active through yoga was my move. And when I sat down on the floor, the pain was so incredible that I couldn't even lay down on the floor, like on a yoga mat, without putting pillows under mm. my sacrum. Because just the pressure of my body mm. was too great. Mm-hmm. The pressure,
3: right.
2: mm-hmm. the, the, I can't even describe. It's yeah, it's like somebody's digging into a, a very, very fresh sore bruise all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. right.
3: I'm I'm curious about the again just back to the stages of it so you've got stage 1 through 4 4 being the most severe and it like does is is it similar to normal fat in the in the sense that there's there's a possibility for fluctuation like if you go from stage 1 to 3 is there Is there a possibility that like over your over the span of your lifetime that like maybe you'll dip down back to, to stage one or you know pop up to stage four and down to stage one, or is it like once you've gradually gotten to that point that there's really it's, it's the point of no return and you're kind of you're kind of stuck there um, until something else is is, is done: to That's just it. it.
2: You are stuck there. There's no mm-hmm. fluctuation. You'll have regular fat of course that you can move. most of that will be on mm-hmm. and some will be around your lipidema fat. Uh, but most of it will be fat that doesn't respond to normal caloric deficiencies or exercise because your body doesn't Mm. recognize it as a, an, an energy source. So,
3: right. I mean, like the, to that point that it doesn't recognize it as an energy source. Like I'm looking at a picture right now that, that has two images, one on top of the other. The top image is just normal fat and what normal fat looks like. And it looks like, um, it's, you know, it's like it's this yellow texture. Um it just looks like, you know, like gristle, like like from meat. And then the lipidema fat image is I mean, it's wild. It's it looks it looks like it it looks like um like it looks like Whoa. like fib like fibrosis like connective tissue with like a little <laughs> bit of that fat like kind of sparse throughout it. But but really like the 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 heart of what, what it looks like is like just Almost webbing, yeah. webbing of and legs. It's like, game like like stringy. Yes, sort of. that's what it feels yeah. like
2: on my legs. Like when I touch my legs and I rub them, that's what I feel. That webbing. Yeah,
3: it's a really stark image. It's it's when, unbelievable.
1: When I was uh, when I was when when I was uh, reading before we started uh, the episode, um, it uh, I read and this was this was just from one source. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it it said that that the like the reason the the reason that it happens the reason that lipedema occurs in a person is really not well understood and i and I did read the part about um hormonal fluctuate that the the idea that it's connected to hormonal fluctuation because it happens it tends to happen around uh puberty pregnancy um and menopause um but when you when i mean because it's so hard to 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 figure out why it's happening when you get a diagnosis, like w- even when you go to somebody and they are familiar with lipidema and you say, Hey, I think that this is something that's happening. And they start to explore that. How do they come to the conclusion that that is what's happening? Do they biopsy like a, a piece of your leg to, to see what the fat looks like and like, what, how does that? Well, happen? they
2: don't, it's a, it's a series of physical, uh, tests. T- there's, there is a biomarker that they discovered like a year or two ago, but it hasn't been developed into a test yet. So what they've done, what they do, uh, my doctor immediate was me, immediately said, I don't know anything about this. I, I am not familiar, but what we're going to do is we're going to do the things that's, that are suggested to manage your condition and see if your condition improves. And if it improves, I will feel comfortable that this is what is wrong, and we will move forward with the diagnosis. So I went immediately to the internet, of course. Once I found, once I watched this uh, this video from the lipodema project, and I saw that MLD was um, a common treatment to manage people's lipedema. So I called my local MLD person, the first one that came up, and there's.
1: What's MLD? Uh, manual
2: oh. lymphatic drainage. It's a type of therapeutic okay. massage to move the okay. lymph and swelling and inflammation from your legs so you can urinate it out, essentially. Okay. So
1: interesting.
2: I I met it's called it's called the MLD clinic. His clinic is is solely for MLD practice, usually for people recovering mm-hmm. from surgeries or people with swelling issues like lymphedema and lymphedema. So I went to him because, and when I walked into the door, I said, I'm here because I believe I have lymphedema." And he looked at me and he said, you look pretty stereotypical, lipoedema. Let's get you on the bed and see. Like I, he said, I do need to do a physical examination. He has experience and training. And so, and he reads about it. He keeps up with the, uh, what's the latest and the and greatest. So, and he's really good at what he does. The, he took, he, after he saw me, he's like, there's no question. You have lipidema. I'm going to write your doctor an email and explain why I believe your symptoms fit with a lipidema diagnosis. So he's not able to diagnose me, mm-hmm. but because he has experience mm-hmm. in this condition, he can um, just let my doctor know what he's discovered. So after I went back to my doctor, she said, this was really helpful information, She is now diagnosing other people with lipidema and she feels more comfortable around that now. But seeing somebody who does MLD, either at the MLD clinic or Sunny Bray, um, also has a clinic where these women at the other clinic know what lipidema is. They know what to look for. They know how it should feel. Um, And for me, it was the first step in my treatment, but at the time I couldn't afford full treatment and full treatment means doing something called CDT. And CDT is, and I always get it a little bit wrong, uh, decongestive therapy. So it's, it's like continuous therapy every day for two weeks that they drain your legs using MLD therapy. They wrap them, they, they wrap them in a foam. They wrap them in compression bandages, layer after layer after layer. It is intense. It is horrible. It costs thousands of dollars. Yeah. And he recommended that I do CDT followed by compression therapy for the rest of my life.
1: Holy wow. fuck. Is yeah. that like you, you got to, you like every day, the every clothes that you wear is super specific. hour is spent wow. in
2: and compression
3: the, the f- you, oh, wow. you sent us some photos, um, which we'll be, we'll be using for, for social media and, and, uh, go check it out on our Instagram at sickboypodcast. Um, and in the photos, it looks like you're wearing like, um, uh, like compression, uh, like leggings. Um, is that, is that a part of this like CDT therapy? The CDT was the
2: wrapping of like compression bandages every day for two weeks. Yeah. And then after that, your legs are as small as they're going to be without swelling so then you get fitted for compression so your 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 ah. your tissues can maintain uh, in your veins they'll just the lymph, the blood flow everything will move faster your skin won't be as stretched because about 50% of our elasticity is gone that's another uh kind of right. a co- right. condition that comes with lymphedema your skin is very loose mm. and not very elastic
1: mm-hmm. if can i ask you a question been... there crystal on that on that point is that why is that why in, um, in a lot of the images that, that you see on, 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 um, lipoedema that it, it almost seems like it almost seems like the, um, like the tissue has like kind of sunk Mm. towards the ankle because the elasticity is, is, uh, you know, you're, you're, that's a, that's a part and parcel of the condition in and of itself that you've, you're hypermobile and the elasticity in your body is very low. So everything kind of goes, I mean... Well,
2: for some people who have that hypermobility, uh, that's about 50% of us, they have, um, their skin is more elastic. So okay. um, the ehlers Downlow Syndrome is, mm-hmm. is something that often comes together and their, their skin and their, their joints act differently. So when you have that much weight and fat in specific areas, it's specifically stressful on the feet, ankles, knees, mm. hips. And if your lymphedema gets too bad, which often it, it it's a progressive chronic disease, they will experience needs. They'll have needs for knee replacements, ankle surgeries, hip replacements. But because often mm. by the time that happens, their BMI is so large, they're not eligible. So this is just another, oh. another oh. thing. Because it does there will be some movement, of course, when you lose weight. And, and often obesity comes with this because there's a lot of depression, mobility issues. Um, uh, you know, just living with a very disproportionate body is really hard. And for, for females, period, living living in their bodies yeah. is, is a multi-million... Not being happy with your bodies is a multi-billion dollar industry. But yeah, uh, yeah. for these women it's especially difficult because when it comes time that you actually need medical intervention, that people are noticing and aware and you found lipidema. And I mean, you found it because no doctor's coming to you with it, that you're so far gone that medical interventions that you need may not even be available to you, not only because of wait times, mm-hmm. but because your BMI and, mm-hmm. and lots oh of women God. with lipidema okay. are given gastric bypass surgeries that they don't actually need, and if their lipedema hadn't oh, been right. addressed, they never would have gotten to that point. And often, because
1: it's not a food not in, thing,
2: no. And well, statistically with, speaking, women with lipedema, in the studies that have been done, uh, eat less calories and are more active than their counterparts who don't have, because they're constantly, you know, trying to manage their bodies with mm-hmm. with limited success.
0: Are, are, there, are there treatments that if done early enough can, um, can sort of stop or prevent lipedema from progressing to these places where you, where you need things like CDT um, therapy? Uh,
2: absolutely. Uh, in stage one, which is, of course, the hardest stage to, uh, to diagnose uh, because it's not as extreme and as obvious, but in stage one, if some very strategic liposuction was done in specific places that help the lymph flow and help your body, uh, help your body move. Okay, that's not what I'm trying to say. So when you're, when you get it done, when you're young, those lipidema cells don't have a chance to progress to the point where mine have, for example. So if you get rid of them and strategically when you're young, you won't have the the issues when you're 40, 50, 60, and having kids. You may, if you're really prone, there may be some addition at that time, but they could be taking care of in very small surgeries where I'm looking to go for surgical intervention because I can't continue. I can't wear compression for the rest of my life. Can't yeah. do it. It's the stealer of yeah. joy. It's, it's taking my my mobility and my comfort were two things that I valued because if I was going to be a fat girl, at least I could move and I could be comfortable. And yeah. I, I, was can't gonna w- ask, I can't wear,
1: I can't wear yeah. socks. I can't wear socks all day. Regular <laughs> I, socks.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask is, is like the treatment worse than the disease in the sense that like, like it's just so I imagine wearing compression to be a, a miserable experience to do that on an ongoing basis for an indefinite amount of time. Like, is that worse than the pain caused by lipidema itself? Um,
2: I would say you trade, you trade one devil for the next, like there's it's a zero yeah, sum game. Yeah. yeah. So my the only reason I continue to wear these garments from my diaphragm to my toes, and I'm actually looking at probably having to get arm uh, compression because my forearms are starting to become fibrotic. And the more fibrotic your tissue is, the harder it is to remove. So mm. there are clinics designed for people like us. Awareness is huge in other parts of the world. There are specialized doctors who have spent years perfecting the this the type of liposuction that people like us need, because it's very large volume. In Canada, yeah. there's no specialists. Uh, in the US, there are a few. And it's growing and different medical providers provide coverage for these uh, procedures. And Germany is the leader. They've they've been working mm. with this for a very long time. The first lipidema profesh- professor um, named Dr. Gods is in, in Germany. He works out of a hospital setting and he can take up to 10% of your body fat or of your body weight. Sorry, yeah. your body weight. And that's, I mean,
3: that's one of the, that's one of the things about like this, um, you know, the awareness piece that I think is really important, um, because, uh, you can kind of, you kind of touched on it there, but in the email that you sent, uh, you know, one of the things that really stuck out to me was that you were saying there's very, there is very little knowledge considering how widespread it is. Um, Canada is far behind globally on the treatment of this disease, uh, you were saying there's a, a new member of your group who suffers from lymphedema, and she's pursuing surgical treatment in Japan, and having the same struggles for approval of her surgery as we are. And two others who need lipedema uh, surgery will be going to Germany later this year. One has already had three surgeries over seven weeks with a specialist, and her life has dramatically changed. So, like, why do you think? Why do you think Canada is just really dropping the ball here on on? lipedema and when it's obviously, you know, obviously something's going on, uh, obviously there are ways to treat it, um, outside of just, you know, the, the, the therapy and the, and the compression, uh, the compression therapy, you know, what, why do you think we're so far behind compared to these other countries that are really making like big moves to, to treat something that is so debilitating?
2: I think we're easily dismissed. I think it, it's cu- culturally it's really easy for us to be like okay that's what our doctor thinks and then the the doctor's right. I think it's I think it's that that do women come, Do
3: you think that comes from the fat the, like the fat part um, of it? You know like the women, like because again women Brian and was saying we're fat. That, yeah. If we're
2: a double threat. Yeah. <laughs> women and we're yeah. fat. So we we can't we don't tend to advocate for ourselves. Um there's a lot of uh owning your body and it being okay to be fat and fat pride and you know, those types of movements. And I think it's okay to love your fat body, but my fat body's sick. My fat body hmm. does it. I can't do the things I used to do. And that's a really scary thing to take on when your mobility is being slowly stolen from you from somebody who's super active and used to play sports and continued mm. until she just couldn't anymore because it's too painful. I think mm. that the medical community is dropping the ball because we're so easily dismissed as there's a yeah. flaw in your character, so go home and take care of it and come back and see us when you're a reasonable size.
3: Yeah, and and and, and, and just, just to kind of put this out there, because I, I don't think we really said this directly, but – Um, it is mostly affecting women. It's extraordinarily rare in men. And, you know, one one of the things that, you know, unfortunately that we've had to talk about, um, at length over the last couple of years on this show is the fact that when it comes to healthcare and when it comes to, you know, healthcare research that surrounds women's health, um, whether that be reproductive health or, you know, hormonal health, um, it's we're, this, yeah. we're just so fucking far behind, just like general just research. And, yeah, we just don't, women. we just don't step up to it.
1: And from a, from an, like, f- uh, theorizing from like an outside perspective on this, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, and we, we kind of circled the drain on this in the last few minutes, but like when in North America, where being overweight is far more commonplace than, than other places in the world, then it's, it makes a lot of sense that we, start getting down this path of dismissal because it's not, because it's, it's because it's, it's common. It's, it's just, com- it's common. And because it's common, we go, we know why we already know why you, you're having these issues. You're having yeah. these issues because you're not exercising, you're not eating right <clears throat> or whatever the thousand, whatever the yeah. what, those, the, you know, those things instead of digging deeper. Whereas if you live in a culture where being overweight is far less common, then it might be like, it might stand out as something that is is going. This is in, this is interesting. Why mm-hmm. is this Why is why mm-hmm. is this going on? Because it's because it's less common. And I know that it, you know if you compare like somewhere like Japan to North America, you know, the rate of people who are overweight is going to be far less. Yeah.
3: about the treatment itself like you know
1: are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice it's time to dig deeper and listen to america dissected from crooked media the podcast that's cutting into the science culture and policy that shapes our health from doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen america dissected dives deep into the state of health Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms.
3: The, for example, this these two women that are that are considering going to Germany to get surgery. What is the surgery like? Is is because I know that I know that with people who are who have like, um, you know, in speaking to people who uh, have obesity and, and like getting surgeries to, to manage, uh, weight issues. You've got things like, uh, we just spoke to our friend Sadie who had had a gastric sleeve, um, surgery. Mm -hmm. I know that like liposuction is one of those options out there. Um, what is like, what is the actual surgery itself that's happening for people with lipedema and, and like it, is it is it as simple as liposuction? And if that's the case, like isn't aren't we doing that here in Canada? Isn't liposuction an option? Here? It
2: certainly is. I think that what you what you just said about um, you know uh, North American society being so overweight, we're so easily dismissed. European society, people are not as overweight, and it's more easily visible. And I think that's why Europe has been doing this for over twenty years, uh, having clinics, mm. having doctors just just focus on this because it's so, it is. It was so much more easily visible there and the types of the, the way the governments run and, and things like that in like Poland, Germany, Italy, uh, Scandinavia, for example, where sur- the surgeries are covered, where medical devices are covered. Um, yeah, it's just, there's, it's, it's, it's more visible here. Here it's, it's your overweight, you're lazy, you're slovenly, you, you don't make good life choices. Um, mm-hmm what you were saying about the procedure, the procedure is liposuction. It's this very specific type. It's non-cosmetic. I won't look particularly beautiful, smooth, like a model when I leave, but I will leave with significantly less pain, uh, upwards of a hundred percent less pain. Those are the types of numbers that happen when people get liposuction for lipedema. And it can't be somebody who does liposuction for cosmetic purposes because they use different tools, they use different techniques. Uh, mm. These particular doctors who do this type of surgery, they, depending on where, where you live, the U.S. has different standards. They can take, I think, five to eight liters. In Germany, it's up to 10% of your body weight. But depending on where you are, you can take more, more, more tissue until mm. it comes to a certain point. And then if it's too bloody, then they're like, okay, we got to stop right now. They do it in sections. There's a very, depending on the doctor you go to, they do the front of the legs and then the back of the legs, then the arms, and then they address any area that's left or needs touch-ups. These are very, these are not for the faint of heart. I've seen, I follow mm-hmm. different groups. I, I'm on a global lipidema awareness group, which really helped open my eyes to the idea that I deserve treatment because for my whole life, even when I was very young and I was quite fit, I would stand in the mirror with my hands on the sides of my saddlebags and be like, if I could just cut these off, my life would be better. Mm. And mm-hmm. for all of these years to pass, and now I'm looking into getting a surgical procedure done. It's invasive. It is harsh. The, 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 the time it takes to recoup, is large it
1: mm. i feel there's a uh there's an incredible stigma on liposuction just as a procedure in pop culture oh
2: absolutely because i
1: feel like it's i feel like it's it's viewed as a it's viewed as like a as like, a, like, a, like an easy way out mm. for somebody who's again like back to the conversation about um uh, about how we dismiss uh overweight people is like is that, that it's like an easy way out of, uh, of of bad choices that you've made in your life and And I think that the general, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the average person thought that liposuction was like, just, you just basically like attach a vacuum to somebody. Uh, I was going to ask. Instead uh, of like the fact that that it's (laughs) tissue, it's in your body, it's attached to your body. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I was going to ask actually how it
0: works because my, like, I I mean, I didn't think that it was you to attach a vacuum and suck it all out, but, but like. Just the name liposuction. Have you ever had like a steak? Yes, and, I've and, had steaks. and with with fat, and then
1: and then and not been just fucking pissed.
0: Yeah, of because course. of how yeah. challenging it is to, yeah. to separate to, to that with it. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, dude, it's not. Yeah, it's not just floating. So, but how does liposuction work?
2: Well, they have special tools. They have different sizes for different areas of your body. Some do a an injection of. Um, like a water that has an anesthetic in it, so it helps with numbing. It helps break up the the fibrosis and the fat tissue, and then they suck it out like uh, like a liposuction type. And you're the bruising and the oozing and the you know the difficulty walking. You have to take uh, injections so you don't get uh, blood clots. It's really important to move. Like there's a large there's a large amount of prep that goes in. And there's a large amount of aftercare. And, of course, diet, exercise, um, going to therapies. Like, I I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for my chiropractor and my osteopath and my uh, MLD therapist and my OT. And There's, like, there is a team of people who help me get through my week. If I worked Mm full-time, I'm a teacher. So, as of last year, I got NSTQ coverage. And I can take my, care of my body in a way I never could before because it was just too expensive. If you're sick mm-hmm. like I'm sick and you are, your mobility is suffering, you're in constant chronic pain. You can, And number one, you have no idea that you, this is not your fault. You just expect that, oh, when you're heavy, you're going to have pain. And if I was just better, then I would be better. But none mm-hmm. of this is my fault. And when you finally take that in, and you're like, I don't deserve to be treated the way I've been treated. Mm. I don't, people like us deserve to have care. But because of the way we look and the fat stigma in Canada, we go into doctors my I follow Canadian group where women share their experiences. And a woman has gone into her doctor and said, this is what I believe is wrong. And they're dismissed and told, no, you're just fat. Please just go lose weight. They won't even make them a compression Um a prescription like people go in and mm. say this is what the treatment is a conservative treatment i like to try it and they're like well maybe you should try losing weight oh you have lip edema mm. do you have swollen lips like people have actually said those things to women in mm. their their gps and i don't think a gp should know everything but there's no specialist yeah. to send us to so for example i've talked to my doctor we agree that surgery is the next best step. She wrote me a letter so I could give it to um, MSI because this these surgeries will financially cripple my family. Mm. I'll take all the equity out of our home. Like, this is Canada. I am sick, and I I may lose my mobility. And I'm in chronic pain, which is hard. And it's tiring.
0: Mm.
2: I still have three young kids. I have a 16-year-old, an 11-year-old, and an 8-year-old. This will really, really impact my whole family's future. Mm. In a good Mm. way for me, because it's a sex trait with these surgeries, is is undeniable. But because I can't see a specialist in Nova Scotia, because there are none, MSI will not accept my proposal, my work.
1: Right, and I don't, I don't, and I. I, I sorry if this seems like a, a too, like too um, black and white or binary, um, but like on the on the numbers side of things, because I'm a numbers guy. If you are suffering with uh, if you're suffering with this, and your mobility is declining over time, then what are the, what's the likelihood that you are going to? I'm, I'm assuming there's a high likelihood that your full time work career is shortened because of this, right? So then you are going to impact, that's going to impact your, that, that's going to impact the amount of tax dollars that you give Absolutely. the government and, and the government in the system that we already have that pays for a lot mm-hmm. of stuff could, could, could step in and, and fund a surgery that is going to allow you to continue giving them tax dollars. Yes for a long, for a long time. Like that's when I think about it that way, I go like, well, why, why, why isn't that? You know what I mean?
0: What What is the option now though? Like, it, like you, you mentioned that your doctor wrote a letter to the insurance company to, to, I'm assuming saying that you need, yes. you know, surgery is the next option. However, there are no, you know, practitioners or skilled people in our country providing this surgery as an option. So therefore you probably need to go elsewhere to have that done like is that is that the solution for the interim period of time to you know send people to where that is available while we train people to be able to do it here i think
2: that makes a lot of sense but unfortunately people are not being trained here so somebody like myself and my small group of really amazing women are like well we need to have a conference here we have doctors willing to come uh, from germany to participate in these information sessions and do training uh, the huge problem that we're facing right now is that the uh, the minister of health and, and MSI have have kind of come those they've come to an agreement that this is a this is a problem, and that we we recognize that that these women need help, but the stipulation is that we must see a specialist. Now there are no specialists here, and that was very clear in my letter. But MSI, is. this is part of their policy, which I believe needs to be changed because policies are outdated. We are in a medical Mm. crisis. The wait times are ridiculous. And I would maybe have to wait four to eight years to see a surgeon who can't actually help me. All I need to be is handed off to a specialist. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to make an appointment with a specialist because they all refuse to see me. Because they don't treat lipedema, So in about 2010, I read a document put out by the surgical uh, and physician, like their governing body. And people who work in especially plastics, which is the the surgery, the specialist that I would need to see one of the specialists to go to Germany and have my surgeries covered they are not allowed to do work on people who they are not specially trained to work on. So prior to 2010, even though you weren't trained to do liposuction, if you had the equipment, you probably could, but there was some, I think there was some dodgy work done. So they had to create some rules around what you could and couldn't work on within that industry. Uh, so in turn, when I'm contacting and I, my doctor's busy, she can't do it all. I do some of the late work, um, to find out if what, what surgeon can I get a referral to that will see me? And every phone call comes up dry. Sorry, we only do boobs. Sorry, we only do faces. Sorry, we don't do lipidema. Sorry, we don't. And I'm like, but I don't, I don't need you to do anything. <laughs> I actually just need you to hand me off to somebody who specializes because I care about my life. And I don't want somebody who's not specialized in this to treat me. All I need is a referral, which my doctor was fully capable. And she's been with me, you know, through this journey, She's an advocate for me. She, I cannot complain for a second. I can't, I can't blame her for not knowing, but when she knew, Mm -hmm. she's like, well, Mm -hmm. let's do what we need to do to get you better. And I just, Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a doctor like other people (laughs) do. And it's been such a blessing to have a woman doctor who will listen to me and investigate further. And we're a team.
1: Like we're a team. It's not just her word is you know is it? Mm. I'm I'm really uh, I'm I'm <laughs> like on the on the aware something that's been kind of floating around in my in my mind for the last several minutes now is like just the, how like just how crucial just how crucial just this conversation is just the just the aware just the awareness piece like because when I hear when when I when I hear you talk about and I read the, the piece about the how um hormonal changes are uh, how this is likely driven by hormonal changes in the body uh, in these like really um, in these um, like really hormonally uh chaotic periods of your of your life puberty pregnancy menopause and just putting the- just promoting an awareness so that somebody to just to put this on somebody's radar so that and when I, I, so that if they're going through a, a period like, like you went through where you, where you kind of had, you, it seemed like you had pregnancies that were very strung close together, and you're going through these crazy peaks and valleys of hormonal changes, to just to be aware that, to have that on the radar so that when you're going to approach this time that is hormonally chaotic, that you would know, just that you would go, I, I This is just on my radar, so i 'm looking for something i 'm looking for changes when this happens mm-hmm. because it's because it 's on my radar i don 't know if I have it i don 't know if i i haven 't really talked to my doctor yet, but it 's on my radar and i 'm going to go through this crazy time and so i'm i'm it's i'm looking to see whether this will whether a change will occur once when I go through this experience and 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 lead to maybe a, a, a bit more understanding that hey it's time to it's time to take this to my physician it's time to start the ball rolling mm-hmm. on getting uh, getting help and getting treatment and getting support
0: yeah. crystal I f- I, f- I feel like I feel like um, there's probably usually we we wait to the end to sort of promote ways that people can connect um, with with you but I feel like it's probably timely right now because I'm sure there's a ton of people who are listening who are like fuck this sounds like this sounds like me or my like I feel like mom or my I'm, auntie or my, yeah, totally. And so where, like where can people connect to, you know, help spread awareness?
2: Well, this is funny because I am a very much in person person. So I'm like the lady who sees a lady at Costco and gives her a Lipidema foundation card and says, you look a lot like me. Maybe you should look this up. I don't, I'm just breaching social media. Uh, I've recently got a, I've been avoiding re- social media because I live very much in real life. Um, but I recognize through, actually, since I've heard about your podcast, there's so, you can reach so many people in such a great way. So mm. I, my Instagram account is going to be called dot. Uh, one in 10 lipedema and that's going to be up and running soon and I'm going to I'm going to refer people to the lipedema lipedema simplified that's where the 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 documentary called uh this is this is not normal fat or the fat the the disease they call fat um mm. that is an amazing resource as well as the lipedema foundation. Uh, they're American, but we have nothing going on here in Canada. So most of the mm. resources I pull from the US, they have a standard of care, which is something we don't have here for lipedema patients. Uh, and there's been a, quite a few studies published over the last 10 years. There's been more movement in the last 10 years globally than there has been in the 30 years prior to that. So it is gaining a lot mm. of traction. But in Canada, we are sluggish as heck. It is on yeah. real. And yeah. yeah, it's just it's on real. What little bit of satisfaction we can get. And these conservative treatments are not cutting it. They're just yeah. not cutting it. And we need surgical intervention now, not when I'm 75.
3: What what would you say is the biggest thing that lipidema has taken away from you?
2: I would say right now my mo my ability to move my my mobility and I think that part of that's compression which is kind of the only thing that can be done here is some MLB and compression um I think for other people it steals their mental health their confidence like it's it steals not only their mobility um and and their their ability to work their their mental health suffers incredibly I've been so lucky I have a lot of confidence I'm well-spoken my husband is freaking amazing he has supported me the whole time he's like I don't understand you do all this stuff I look up you're not getting (laughs) any and
3: he's
2: (laughs) he's really taken the lead in the household things that I can't do anymore um, I need to rest. I was a busybody. I work and work and work and work. And, and I push through pain. I can't push anymore. I can't push through the pain anymore.
3: What would you say is the biggest thing that Lipidema has given you?
2: I think the, I want to help people. I always, I've been, it's just something I've always liked to do. And that's why I like to teach. Cause I like, I like to help people. And as soon as I found out I had Lipidema, the first thing I wanted to do was tell everybody, everybody, because I didn't know. I couldn't answer all those questions. Why is my body like this when so many people's aren't? And then I met more and more people. And now I share it on a very one-on-one uh, way with people who maybe I've just met. Maybe I have pulled over in a parking lot and noticed this lady who clearly has lipidema but has no idea. Not one person have I talked to or approached have any idea what that is so for me it's helping other women recognize that this is not their fault you didn't do anything Mm. wrong this is genetic Mm. this is this is not your fault I think that's the the huge thing and you need help And, and to be honest to take care of yourself here is expensive In order for me to manage my pain, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I haven't been doing it well until I had proper health coverage because we couldn't. Mm -hmm. So even if you know you have lipidema, even if CDT and compression therapy can help you, if you don't have medical coverage, there's not too many people who can afford it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I have to ask just because I'm really curious. Um, what are those conversations like when you like are going through like Costco and you see somebody that you, you hand them a card and you're like, "Hey, uh, have you heard of lipedema?" Because <laughs> at first I would be like, "Is this person preaching the have you been for the great out for gospel years or with no success?" <laughs> you know, it's like whenever somebody hands you something unexpectedly in a public place and it's on a business card, you're usually uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the new cult are you wearing like uh like a suit when you do it not, and those and, are uh, things i like thought
2: court. about i'm like well what do i do I, I want people to ask me about my life people stare at me all the time in my compression all the time and i can't mm-hmm. hide them i can't wear pants over my compression they restrict me too greatly that extra layer and compression is kind of that it's aggressive so it kind of holds even if your pants are loose it will kind of attached to them and and create more restrictions. So I've just had to give give them up. So what it kind of looks like the first couple of times it was really nerve-wracking because like my heart was beating hard and I'm like approaching a woman about her body is hard. She doesn't know me. Yeah. Yeah. But what I found what really works for me and nobody's punched me, nobody's told me to F off yet. Uh, yeah. but I'm yeah, really good. approachable and people really tend to like me. I'm so that's really a, a super big deal on, on being, on being able to go up to somebody and say,
1: mm-hmm. I
2: couldn't help but notice you look a lot like me. And that's my opener. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's a solid, t- that's a solid opener. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah.
2: Thank
1: you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it, Cause it immediately, it immediately creates like a, it's like, a, I think, I feel like you lower the defenses. Oh. You're mm-hmm. not like making a, you're not making a judgment nope. on them. I'm the yeah. least judgy no, person and people have me? ever met. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you're going. Mm. You oh, and me, we are, we're, we
3: feel yeah.
2: like I
1: feel like we're in the same boat.
3: I wonder if that approach would work in dating. Hey,
2: <laughs> you look <laughs> a
3: lot like me,
1: like me. <laughs> and I'm into people who look like me because <laughs> I'm a narcissist. <laughs> um,
3: well, Crystal, I got to say, um, this has been a real, a real pleasure that uh, uh, to, to have you on the show. I'm so glad that you reached out to us. I'm so glad that we had, you know, just over an hour to spread some awareness for this for you and and your group. Um, we're rooting for you. We hope that uh, you can continue to, you know, blast this awareness out there because obviously it is something that is very important. And uh, with something that is not getting enough coverage, not getting enough, um, you know, enough awareness when it comes to treatment, like this is just so so important. So thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to sit down and speak with us. It's been really nice.
2: Thank you so much.